Honestly, I don't even know where to begin. The truth of this is that I spent the past 20 minutes trying to make sure the microphone worked, and that's about where we're at. So, hello, friends. My name is Finn. I use he, him pronouns, and you're listening to this composed mess. Typical. Um, typical to the point that one minute. I'm going to take a sip of coffee because um, I didn't feel like sitting in my apartment and recording this just because, I don't know, I just didn't feel like it. So I then was like, I'll go to Starbucks and record there. But I don't know what great idea that was. Um, <clears throat> trash. So I was like, you know what? I'll just, I'll sit in my car and record. So here we are sitting in the Jeep. Uh, after spending $6 on a drink at Starbucks so that I could sit in the Starbucks and then not sitting in the Starbucks and sitting in the Starbucks parking lot. But <laughs> would we expect anything otherwise? So... That's the podcast. That's the vibe. That's that's it. Um, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. I am happy that you're here. Again, Finn, if you're not so new, then you understand that this is very on brand. The mic audio is probably terrible. I will not be editing much of this. And that's about that because life is messy. And I feel like everyone is looking at my social media right now thinking that I have some form of it together and everything's been crumbling. So Without further ado, I am happy you're here, and let's get started. I kind of had a breakdown. Um, I had like a, a legit breakdown. Uh, there's no easy way to sugarcoat it. <laughs> I got in my car today after work, and I sat and I sobbed for a good like half an hour, I would say. So many things, and the sad part is they're almost all related to my trans identity. Not that being, oh my God, I, wait, I need to rephrase this. Um, let's backpedal. I had a bad day at work because of the way people were interacting with me because I was trans. Not sad that I'm trans. I am very proud of that. But interactions I was having just kept becoming so difficult for me to process that I just started to become numb. And I got through the day and I got in my car and I just sat and sobbed for so many reasons. And that kind of sparked this idea of like, I need to pick up the camera and start talking, um, the microphone this time and start talking because I had this like epiphany that I feel like a lot of people probably do of like, we in the LGBTQ community are so big on like showing the joy of being part of the LGBTQ community, which is so super duper important specifically for young people that are in situations that are taking away so much of the joy of their identity. But I think that we're often quick to be like, once you come out, everything's great. And I've been struggling a lot, specifically at the age of 24, coming to terms with the fact that this version of self-discovery that I finally hit doesn't take away or diminish all the other things I have going on outside of my trans experience. But because so many of the interactions I'm having are based on my trans experience, it starts to manifest in so many other parts of my life. I always tell this joke all the time that like, it's not about what's in your pants, but if it was a comparison, I guarantee mine would be bigger than quite the general public. <laughs> Let's just change the subject. But the truth is that I hit that wall of like, I so badly want to portray them on a joy that I have in my life, but I haven't been taking time for myself to feel the emotions and grieve the person that I used to be now that I've became so comfortable with the person I am now. 
Hopefully that makes sense. And so I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit on the other side of things. On the, my life is beautiful and I am hot as a trans guy and I am worth love as a trans guy, but that doesn't mean that my other situations just went away because I came out as trans and now I'm living a joyful life. You can still live a joyful life while experiencing a lot of pain and grieving. And that's something that I never thought you could do. I was really naive. And I thought that if I did this and all my issues would be taken away, which isn't very realistic, but we'll dive into that. And so I just kind of wanted to talk. I think it's important to have these conversations specifically for a lot of people that are younger that are listening to this podcast and like wanting an older brother, an older sibling, I'm here. You know, I take this time every week to make it a one-sided FaceTime call. And with the podcast coming back, I want to make sure that the one-sided FaceTime calls are something that are nurturing and comforting to people, but also realistic. So here we go. Okay. I really took the wrong second to drink a coffee. Also, way too sweet. Besides the point, I panicked and I said caramel latte and I knew I should have said like one pump of caramel, but alas, here we are. Also, do you say caramel or caramel? Because it's caramel. No questions asked. So anyways, I want to dive in a little bit here to taking care of yourself in a way that is really easy to forget. Like having those check-ins are something that I stopped doing a while ago. I stopped checking in on myself, which is a big reason why social media had to take pauses in a way because I just couldn't focus on myself in the way that I should have. But as I was in the beginning of quarantine, that was right about the time that I shifted where I started to realize, oh, I had periods of time where a lot changed, okay? So for reference, a lot of people started listening to this podcast or talking to me and don't realize that less than eight months ago, I didn't change my name yet. I wasn't using he, him pronouns. I was very uncomfortable. When I started testosterone, I was just using they, them pronouns. I just wanted to appear more masculine. And then I had the switch in my body of like, oh, (laughs) that's oppression or things that I've oppressed from myself. So To give you a frame of reference of where life has gone in a year, in August of 2021, I came out as a lesbian. I was using she, her pronouns specifically, and I came out as a very femme-presenting lesbian. And I was like, this is who I am. I had long purple hair. I was in my TikTok phase of like being obsessed with TikTok. Anything anyone commented on my videos, I took to heart. I wanted to respond to every single comment I got. I wanted to like every single comment I had, which was feasible at the time because my my videos were still getting views. Like they were getting quite a lot of feedback, but it was like 3,000 views, which 3,000 views is a lot. But in comparison to where I'm at now, it was quite a big difference. And when I came out as a femme presenting lesbian, I was very big on the type of person I wanted to attract. And a big part of why I came out as lesbian was I was scared of men. I didn't have time to process that, that I was scared of men because I felt inferior around them because I am a guy and was anxious because I was only attracting cis straight men. And I was terrified and I was like, women, 
women, women, women, women. The truth is now I'm like people, but at that period of life, I was so set on women. Masculine presenting women maybe, but women. And then I shifted and I started to come to terms with my gender identity and identified as non-binary. Sorry, I just literally slapped the microphone. That's going to be great audio quality. Uh, But (laughs) I started to identify as non-binary and I then switched my name and I was like, I could be a non-binary lesbian, completely valid still, by the way. Um, Lesbian culture has always included non-binary people. So period. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. If we want to dive into queer culture some other day, I'd be happy to. But I shifted. And at the time, I was seeing someone that had seen me at the beginning of our relationship as a long-haired, purple female, and then was a non-binary person with chopped-off hair. And it was really hard for me to accept that they still wanted to be with me. And that was my own issues. Then fast forward to he, they pronouns and the name change and then the testosterone. And then I finally realized like, oh, I've been a guy since I was born. But because of TikTok and other social media platforms, I had never had that representation. I had the these are gay men representation. I had lesbian women representation. But honestly... I had never interacted with a trans person that I knew identified as trans. I guarantee I probably interacted with quite a lot of trans people throughout my years of living, but I, as a child and teenager and young adult, had never met someone that was openly trans in conversation, right? And that doesn't diminish people that identify as trans and don't bring that up. Not needed at all. Trust me, as a trans person, I understand. But I didn't have that representation. And when I had it on the social media platform, I started to realize this about myself. And I kind of took on that accountability of like, I didn't have it. And the more my TikTok started to do well, I realized like, I want to be the representation I didn't have as a teenager. And I constantly am thinking that every single day, everything I post on social media, I'm like, would a parent be okay over the shoulder of a child watching this? And every once in a while, I'm like, yeah, whatever, because I am a 24-year-old adult that can make decisions. And, you know, I have to remind myself that, like, I'm not in charge of regulating other people's children on what media they watch. That's something that a parent should do, and I'm not their parent. But I have trouble, I have trouble finding this balance of, like, how do I balance out both? How do I take on this responsibility of wanting to be a good role model to people while also trying to find my authentic self that, like, wants to explore sexuality and wants to have these conversations publicly that are slightly raunchy and be open. And I became wholesome, quote unquote, which is like a big pet peeve I had. Everyone would label me as wholesome and they still do. And I don't like that word because it's like, I'm a 24 year old adult. And like, I'm glad that you think the content I'm making is wholesome, but it puts me in this, this mindset where everything I do has to be appropriate And I'm not an appropriate person. (laughs) Like, I curse like a sailor and I'm very soft, like very sarcastic. And I'm not the kindest out, like I'm sweet, don't get me wrong, but I'm very blunt and straightforward with people. And so being labeled as wholesome on the internet put me in this box of like constant stress. And I stopped taking care of myself because I was so focused on appearing wholesome after this whole journey of people watching me develop. And 
I've started to hit a breaking point because I kept holding on to the wholesome mentality that then started to go into my workplace and into every other part of my life. And it was getting really exhausting. And when I first started my role and showed up to work, I started to be embraced really positively, which was wonderful. But it was exhausting to be known as Finn. Like everyone knows Finn. Everyone knows Finn. He's great. Finn, 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 Finn. He, he, he. Because it's a form of like slightly performative activism, right? If you don't have a problem with me, you can't be transphobic. (laughs) And I've just escalated over, like it's just gotten more and more difficult to voice everything going on, to express my emotions, to talk about how I'm feeling. And I started to hit a wall of like, so now what? (laughs) what do I do now? And we're getting there. We're growing. But I stopped taking care of myself because I was so focused on other people's opinions and stopped being open and honest in some ways because I was so focused on scaring people, right? Like I post one video about things that I'm experiencing on tea and I get over – 600 comments of people saying they're scared to go on tea now because of what I've shared about it, right? Like I can't win. Or if I'm too positive and I'm sharing like how excited I am for top surgery, I'm showing off about my top surgery. Like you can't win on the internet and it's really hard for a people pleaser to understand even though like I know (laughs) that I can't win on the internet. I'm still chronically battling that like push and pull, right? Of like, I can't win, but I want to please everyone. I can't win, but I want everyone to agree with what I have to say. And that's really exhausting, which like, no duh, of course it's exhausting, Finn. But it's really exhausting. And I've had to make an adjustment within myself to like adjust and understand what's going on now and like how I'm going to process that. If any of that made sense, awesome. And if it didn't, that's the podcast you signed up for. I, I want to talk a little bit of like also where I'm at now when it comes to hitting a breaking point and why I felt the breaking point coming for at least 10 months of where you start to feel stuck. Because I talked about growing, et cetera, but the environment I was in, for reference, okay, and this, I'm being really open on the internet and have a slight fear in knowing that I don't know what family listens to this and I don't ever want to put myself in a situ- a hole that I can't dig myself out of, right? But I also know that, like, I have to be open because this could help a lot of people that are struggling also. And so the truth is like, I grew up with a great childhood. I'm really lucky. I grew up with the younger brother, the the dog, the parents that were in love and married and still are. I grew up in an okay neighborhood with a good house and I never had to worry about clothes on my back or Christmas presents or good food or going out to eat once a week or being able to go to a movie or go on vacations in the summer. Like 
I had the very stereotypical white middle class Midwest lifestyle. And I recognize that. And what's really hard for me to accept is that through most of my life, I was told I could love who I wanted to love and be whatever I wanted to be. I had parents that worked really hard to get to where they are in careers. And I knew that if I worked hard, I could be that good at the career that I wanted, if not better. Because I saw how well my parents succeeded and what they wanted to do. Hello, car in the back of me. And as I got older, I started to be able to recognize, like, my parents looked at me and said I could love an avatar for all. Uh, it was 2000, whatever. So avatars were big. But, like, I was told I could love who I wanted to love and be who I wanted to be. I always grew up like that. I grew up with quite a lot of body autonomy of, like, I'm allowed to dress how I want to dress. I can wear makeup if I want to wear makeup. I can flat iron my hair in the morning before school. I can wear this and this and this. It, you know, I'm supported and loved, and I had a really good relationship in that. Like, I changed my outfits. Oh, my gosh. This is, like, another thing to add to the list of how – if only I had language that wasn't gendered growing up is what I'm getting at. And I look back now at so many things that I, as a psychology student, look and have researched and dove deeper into transgender children and teenagers of like, yeah, I did that too. Yeah, I did that too. And like, not that every single person's journey is the same, but like, it's really hard for me to know that in a different light, I could have been Finn a lot longer than I am now. And that's hard to accept because you don't want to look in the past and like feel guilty for your emotions and thoughts. But at the same time, like it's difficult not to, right? I look back at my childhood and as I'm talking about clothes on my back, I so badly wanted to be like my little brother. Like I still to this day and growing up as a teenager said my little brother was my role model. I wanted to be my brother so bad. I realize now I want to be him. I wanted to be viewed like my little brother growing up. I wanted to be able to break arms and I wanted to be able to rough house and play with G.I. Joes and get in wrestling match with friends and compare muscles. Like I wanted to do that. And it wasn't that it wasn't allowed, but it wasn't that it was normal, quote unquote. And that's really hard. I, from the age of four to the age of eight, slept in my brother's room. We got bunk beds in my brother's room so that I could sleep in my brother's room and we could have slumber parties every night because I just wanted to be one of the guys. Like, I wanted to be viewed from my parents' perspective as my brother to the point that I also slept in my brother's room, ready, because I changed my clothes four times a day. Let's just take a second. I, as a child, from the age of four to eight, changed my clothes constantly. And my parents say that that, like, drove them insane and they could never figure out why. And I just changed clothes and leave them on the ground. And I had more clothes on my ground than I did in my closet. And now I look back like, yeah, because I hated how my body looked. I wanted to look like my brother. <laughs> and that's really hard for me to accept now at 24 of, like, this is part of my inner child that was never fed. Like I, I craved wanting to wear clothes that my brother did and I didn't have them. So I just constantly changed from uncomfortable outfit to uncomfortable outfit. And it's one of those things of like, I want to talk to 
I talked to my peers like, you didn't do that? And they're like, no, what are you talking about? Like, oh, things that I thought were normal because my parents normalized them, but they, they weren't. <laughs> like not every kid changes their outfit five times a day. I was just so uncomfortable in my skin, right? And I keep looking back at these things of like, that's a big one. Uh, we talked about Peter Pan over and over of like wanting to be Peter Pan. Um, feeling so much envy because I have one cousin on my father's side that's my older cousin and he's a guy's guy. And growing up, my little brother always got to hang out with my older cousin. And I was like the girl that would like be the princess when they would play things. And like, I just, I wanted to be my brother. And I don't hold any grudges against my brother because my brother has been one of the best support systems in my entire life, specifically in this journey. Like, bless his soul when people are like, what happened to your sister? My brother's like, ah, who are you talking about? I don't have a sister. I have a brother named Finn. He lives in Florida. But it's really hard for me now to look back at this life that I've lived and like grieve it because it doesn't feel like me at all. It's a whole different person's life. And in our trans experience, you know, every single person's different, but a lot of people don't talk about the fact that like you're grieving a life that you're not living anymore. And that's incredibly difficult to come to terms with. Like, how am I supposed to process losing a person that's still there and it's also really hard when you have people that say they're gonna love you no matter what but are attached to this old version of you because it's like that's not loving me no matter what like what do you mean like I don't I don't know what you're talking about here like if you said you loved me no matter what you would support me no matter what And so that's something that I have to constantly unpack is like things that I didn't do as a child, which is why my tattoo sleeve now is feeding my inner child. Memories that I have that bring me joy from childhood that I keep adding on my body because it's like I want to hold on to some of my past life, like some of those childhood memories that I want to feed into that I never got to. Did any of that make sense? think so. (laughs) I sometimes start tangents and then I just keep talking and thank goodness y'all can't respond because I would actually like be like, what was, what did I start with? But yeah, feeding my inner kid, which I know I talked about last episode, but like coming to terms with grieving. Let's talk about that a little bit. I think publicly a lot of people explain like when when you come out, you're going to have to go through like a form of a grieving process, right? Like you, we say it's a dead name for a reason, et cetera, but there's a form of grieving that we don't talk about it a lot, okay, right? Like we have, we have the dead name, we have et cetera, et cetera, but the, the pain of having to accept that life every day is going to be difficult in a way that you never have experienced before. And there's going to be so many firsts that aren't really firsts, but feel like firsts is something that not a lot of people can understand. And so 
I knew coming out I was going to experience, right, um, grieving for the past person that I was or not feeling as valid in specific situations or having to readjust my brain to remind myself that I am worthy of love even though I look this way or that the right person will show up. And I I had to grieve that life wasn't going to be easy anymore, that I couldn't wake up every day and fit into this mold of this is what a female person does and go to work and be okay. Like it was, it was more difficult to take up space because I had to wake up every morning worried about what I was going to wear to make sure I could pass because of safe, because of situations I was in and making sure I had to be safe. And it's really great when you don't have to do that, right? When you can just exist and take up space and wear what you want to wear. And a lot of people, you know, cisgendered people will be like, oh, why does it matter? Wear what you want to wear. But like safety is a big thing. And sometimes based on where I'm living right now, I can't, I can't just do that. And there's a lot of times, at least once a week, that I get into my car wanting to cry because I took up space. And I stepped on someone's toes and they decided to make my day bad. I have to grieve that although I see so much progress within myself, other people might not see that. And that's something that's really hard that's then reflected, you know, onto other environments I'm in, right? Feeling confident, feeling like my voice is changing, feeling like I'm adjusting to how I'm presenting, that I have facial hair, that I feel so valid and all the things that I love about myself, not everyone noticed. The voice changed, the facial hair, while we're wearing masks. And to a lot of people, I still have a higher pitched voice. And it's really hard to, in two seconds, be broken down. In two seconds to feel like everything that you've worked towards doesn't exist. And a lot of people say, like, don't care about other people's opinions. Well, words still hurt. They still impact you. As hard of a skin that you might have, it's still difficult to not feel completely accepted, right? I have moments where I feel so confident. I get up in the morning. I think I look great. And I do look great. Not I think I look great, but I get to work and one person decides to keep telling their child, ask her, ask her, ask her. And I feel so disoriented of like, who's her? Who are they talking about? Oh, are they talking about me? Great. They're talking about me. Now I have this two-year-old and three-year-old that are staring at me and like, I'm a boy, but God forbid I say something to a Karen. (laughs) You know, like I have to win some battles and lose another. And I feel like right now I'm losing a lot. And how do we combat that? What do we do next? Um, (laughs) There's so many different ways to approach every single situation. But the hardest thing is feeling super valid and, you know, showing a coworker a voice update and them listening and going, oh, I don't see a difference. Oh, I don't hear a difference. Well. I wasn't asking your opinion. No, but like really, like, right? Like what am I supposed to do in those moments? How am I supposed to continue existing or putting myself out there? And, you know, people constantly tell me, well, you're putting yourself out there on social media. So like people are allowed to have an opinion about you. Okay, fair. I'm allowed to have an opinion about them though. And I don't like the opinions that they have about me. 
<laughs> um, you know, like if you're putting yourself on social media, you have to expect negativity. Okay. Doesn't mean I expect people to just erase whatever validity I feel within my gender, right? Opinions of, oh, I don't like what his eyebrows look like. Oh, blah, blah, blah. But like telling me like, oh, you have a feminine voice. Yeah, that's not great. And so when I grieve and I, when I take all of these things that I hear every single day, a big thing that I just have learned to do is look in the mirror every night and tell myself that I am worthy of love and that I am a good looking guy and that I am hot in the way that I feel comfortable in my masculinity. And I have to keep reminding myself that every single day. But you know, as I grieve and I grow and I'm learning quite a bit about myself every day, uh, I feel so lonely, right? Like the LGBT community can be some of the most isolating communities to be a part of when you're experiencing all these things that you know someone else has felt, but you've never met someone else like that. And I mean, I'm really lucky to work in an environment where I work with fellow trans people. I'm not the only one anymore. And it's great to have conversations and work in an environment where I'd say 80% of the time people get the jokes. People understand where I'm coming from. But I used to be able to show up to work and 100% of the time feel confident. (laughs) And so that's something that I, I have to combat that life isn't the way that it used to be. That's really rough to understand. To like realize that my life is never going to be the way that it used to be is brutal. (laughs) And so I'm just chronically trying to look for ways to exist and take up space without stepping on anyone's toes. Hopefully some of this made sense. I am going to kind of shift a little bit just to talk about, you know, ways that I've grieved, but also things that I'm grieving. (laughs) Um, Not to like talk super sad about the entire, like make the whole podcast depressing. I don't want it to be that. But I think that it's, I want to have this conversation because it's not a conversation that's often had, you know, as trans people, we often bond together and we talk about the experiences we're having and the pain. Um, But when the cisgender community looks in on the LGBTQA plus community, they want to see only the positive. They don't want to hear about, you know, how uncomfortable you felt in a public restroom because they then think that when you talk about that, you're complaining about them. (laughs) It's often, you know, a situation where they're like, oh, this is my fault. Or like when they come up to you saying, oh, well, when people misgender you, I always correct them. Okay, great. Now you're telling me that people are misgendering me behind my back. What makes you think I want to know that? Do you want a high five for um, doing basic human decency, like having basic human decency? Anyway, I digress. Um, It's been a day and my brain is all over the place. But I do want to kind of talk just quickly on a couple things that make me smile and giggle as I'm thinking about grieving also like memories I've had and a big one is within the Christian community 
I know I have a podcast episode talking about my Christian religious faith and being a camp counselor and religious deconstruction, et cetera. And I don't want to focus too much on that for people that don't identify as religious, but a big thing I did have to grieve, which, you know, this podcast is about me. So I guess I'm allowed to talk about it, which is hard for me to talk about myself um, a, a lot more than people think probably. But unpacking my religious faith and having to say goodbye to bits and pieces of it was really difficult. I so badly wanted to fit into the mold of getting married at 22 and identifying as Christian and waiting before marriage (laughs) and um, marrying someone that was also identifying as Christian. For a really long period of time, I thought that's what I wanted. And, you know, when I came out as lesbian, I had to let go for bits and pieces of that, right? But when I came out as non-binary, it was like, we can accept lesbian and gay Christians, but God forbid you're trans. Um, It was really bizarre and baffling to me that even like some LG, you know, lesbian and bisexual and gay people that identified as Christian were isolating towards the trans community. That was something that was wild to me, um, that they could love who they wanted to love. Love is love. But what about love is love to your own body? Like, I'm sorry, but being in environments where like trans people weren't accepted, but other parts of the community were, and it was like, but it's the LGBTQ community. What's happening here? I had to grieve a lot because a lot of people were like, it's Adam or Eve, or I understand gender's binary. Um, and, you know, when I ended started to identify as a trans guy, it was weird to have people that went from not supporting me as non-binary to then be like, yeah, you're a trans guy. I understand. Guys, gender. Like, what? Um, I'm sorry. Did you know that identifying as transgender just means you don't identify with the sex you were assigned at birth? Period. That's the definition. Can't fight me on that one, buddies. To the point that when I started working at Starbucks, they said, do you identify? do you identify as transgender parentheses? Do not identify with your birth sex. And I was like, Oh, at the time, that was the first time I had seen in front of me. Like, Oh, I I'm trans. Oh, wait, wait a minute. This is language I didn't have before. And so I had to grieve the community that was lifting me up for such a long period of time as a camp counselor and having these Bible studies and, you know, accountability groups, (laughs) accountability groups. Oh my God. Um, But I had to say goodbye to that. And I don't talk about it often, but I still am grieving losing parts of my faith community. Like I still personally, I worship in my car when I'm listening to some good music. Um, Also, by the way, really hard to find Christian faith-based music that includes the LGBTQA plus community. If you want to give me recommendations, great. If you haven't listened to Semler, you should. S-E-M-L-E-R. Grace is amazing. Um, Now I just am on a tangent, but I had to grieve a lot in that community, in that space. And the, the way I grieved was understanding that it wasn't about me. It was other people's issues with me and I can't change other people. And that other people's opinions about me aren't going to change me. So all I can do is keep living my life 
and have to come to a form of acceptance that I'm going to have to let people go. And that's something I have to do a lot. (laughs) I have to let people go. Um, And it's exhausting and difficult and something that I still come to terms with as a people pleaser that I don't want to let people go. But I, I have to sometimes. I, I literally, I'm, I'm sorry. I was sipping water. I have been all over the place. (laughs) And if you're still listening to this composed mess, I am so thankful that you are. And thank you for being here for a one time, like one-sided FaceTime call. Um, my anxiety has been through the roofs, through the roofs, the roof. And when I'm anxious, some of my speech impediment shows up which means I just start to babble and then letters flip and I start to run a million miles a minute. So my brain is thinking faster than the words coming out of my mouth. So sometimes just a random word comes out that wasn't meant to come out because I'm five steps ahead. And so I appreciate that I've been given a platform of people that are listening to me talk about random things. I, as I'm grieving things, I'm also grieving, you know, my body in different ways of saying goodbye to some things, which I'm happy about, but it doesn't make it any less like something I have to adjust to, right? Like I have to look in the mirror and be like, that is new. Facial hair is new. Body weight changing, new. Top surgery next month, brand new. And I'm so thankful, by the way, for the amount of people that have supported me in this top surgery situation. And that's something I get to talk about a little bit more um, at a later point. And the joy that so many of y'all have been able to help me um, have because I don't have to. I can take a deep breath and know that it's going to be all right, that I'm going to be able to do it. And I didn't think I was going to get there for a really long period of time. But I want to remind y'all on a positive note that when I talk about pain or grief, there's still so much joy that when I'm talking about all of this, there's the reminder that I would not want my life any other way than the life I'm living now. I love what I see when I look in the mirror. Yeah, some days are more difficult than others. But the person I am now is the best version of myself I've ever had. To feel accepted in a community of people that um, are genuinely here for me, amazing. To feel lifted up by so many is amazing. To be with a freaking hot partner. (laughs) He's a good looking guy, guys. Um, And I'm very thankful for that. To know him as Finn is wonderful. And to be with the younger brother that threw out a lot that I've put him through as a younger or as an older sibling. Um, he's been nothing but amazing as the younger brother that I've been lucky to have throughout all of this. And so there is that reminder that joy will always be there with the pain and the grief. And I'm not one to say it gets better because sometimes that is the most passive aggressive thing. Like if someone's grieving and venting to you, telling them it gets better, like, okay, well, it's not tomorrow. We're living in the past, like we're living in the present right now. So what, what can we do in these moments is a reminder of like joy will come with the pain. 
And grief will come with other things that are going to be way brighter. And so I just keep reminding myself, like, something else good is going to come out of this. Not right now, you know, but if we keep telling people, like, it'll get better, when? What? Like, someone that's really upset is not going to be like, oh, okay. No, that's not what people want to hear. So thank you. Thank you for being here and listening to this random chant, talk, whatever, for 40 minutes. The audio is probably rough because I've been sitting in my Jeep, but... I appreciate every single one of you and I hope that you're enjoying me getting back in the swing of all this and adjusting and, um, you know, coming back to like, okay, what do I talk about for such a long period of time? But if you did enjoy this episode, please feel free to leave a review on Apple podcasts. That does help a little bit. Um, Spotify is probably where a lot of y'all stream it. I love looking at analytics. That's like one of my favorite things to do. But I appreciate all of y'all. And uh, if you have any recommendations or anything like that, I am Finn Adele on TikTok and Instagram. And this podcast does have an Instagram that's barely used, but that's okay. It composed mess. And my blog is composedmess.com. So everything kind of ties in together. But if you want any more of it, feel free to dive right in. I just haven't been as active as I would love to be because full-time job and mental health. But that's all right. Thank you all for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week. I will check in on you next week. And my name's Finn. I use he, him pronouns. And you have been listening to this composed mess. Bye, friends.